Well, good weekday evening. Today is Thursday, August 24th. The time is 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you are tuned in to the weekly edition of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. I'm your host, Brother Alan Weir. For this brief period of time in comparison to eternity, this podcast is dedicated, committed, and yes, I've always said it, consecrated to the ministry of praying, interceding, presenting supplications on behalf of those of us who are parents or guardians of unsaved, wayward or backslidden sons and daughters. You know, I've said it many times at the beginning of our podcast, and I'll say it again. I believe that we are living in the very last seconds of history. I don't believe we're living in the last days. I believe we're living in the last seconds. And the next event on the prophetic biblical calendar is the blessed hope of all believers, the event known as the rapture. And what is the rapture? Well, the book of Thessalonians mentions that the rapture is when the Lord Jesus Christ returns to take away all born-again believers, first those who are in the graves, who have died in the faith. And then after that, those who are alive and remain here on earth, both deceased believers and then believers who are alive when the rapture takes place, and he'll remove all of us from this world. It'll happen in the twinkling of an eye. And when all believers are removed, our Lord will take us up with him to glory. And following this event known as the rapture, the world will have judgments poured out upon it. This rebellious and unrepentant world will have the judgments of God poured out upon it. It's an unspeakable time, a time of the sun turning darkened and the blood turning the, the moon turning blood red. It is going to be an awful time of multiple judgments, signs in the heavens and in the skies, and multiple earthquakes and wars, and mankind will just be at the receiving end of the judgment of God. And rightly so, as this world has been in complete rebellion against God. There is none righteous, no, not one, the word of God says. There is none that seeketh after God. And so it's high time that the Lord address the rebellious ways of this world and its children. And many people have said that, well, nothing's going to happen. We've been hearing about this for years and nothing ever happens. The word of God says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, but is patient. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. There is an appointed time on the biblical calendar for all this to happen. But God is patient. The Word of God also says that the Lord doesn't take any pleasure in the death of the wicked. God does not want anyone to spend eternity without him, but he will not force himself on anyone. Man has free will. They can turn away from the Lord or they can turn to him in repentance, seeking him. 
and surrendering their lives to live for him. This is God's world. Many people say that they want autonomy and they want to be left alone. Psalm 2 even mentions, why do the nations plot in vain? Conspiring against the Lord to break the chains of servitude against him. God is not forcing himself on anyone. And the impression or belief is that we are autonomous. We can do what we want. This is our world. No, the word of God says in the book of Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This is his world. And he has allowed man free will to turn from him or to turn towards him. But sin will not go unpunished forever. And there is an appointed time when the Lord will exalt every valley and humble every mountain. And again, God's judgment will be poured out on unrepentant world. And this podcast was born out of my burden for my two adult children who were unsaved and had not surrendered their lives to Christ. Now, since I began this podcast just over a year ago, my son has surrendered his life to Jesus Christ and is born again. His name is written in the book of life, and I thank and praise God for that. And I still pray for my daughter to surrender her life to Christ. I believe that that time will come. God has the perfect time, the perfect method as to how he's going to bring it about. What's true for my daughter is true for your prodigal as well. Continue to pray and to fast and to seek the Lord for the deliverance and salvation of your prodigal son and daughter. All things are possible if you can believe. We need to continue to pray for them, to fast for them, to witness to them, to be salt and light, cities up on a hill, epistles that can be read and seen of all, living for Christ before our prodigals, having a clean testimony, and living a life worthy of our calling before them. Many times they may be hostile or rebellious and may not want to hear the gospel. We pray that the Lord soften the hearts of our prodigals, open their minds if their minds are closed. They may not want to hear what you have to say. They may not want to hear you praying over your meals, or they may not like when you're reading the scriptures out loud. But we need to continue to let our light shine. We cannot hide our light under a bushel out of fear of their hostility or shame. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. The Spirit of God will draw your prodigals and mine to the foot of the cross if we continue to pray and to commit them to the Lord's hands. This is a live podcast, and we welcome your participation and input. If you're on the pod being Matt listening live, there should be a phone icon. I believe at the bottom of the app, where you can click on that. If you have a testimony you'd like to share, and the Lord is moving in your life or in the life of your child, if there's a scripture you'd like to share, maybe an insight that you'd like to share as well, something you have to say will be an encouragement and will edify and strengthen and comfort someone who's listening, me included, 
I need ministering as well many times. And there are times, of course, when I can get discouraged when I think about my daughter and, and many of the prodigals who are, have hardened hearts against the gospel. We can't allow the enemy to steal our joy and dampen our trust and faith in Christ. Only through the power of the Holy Spirit can we persevere. Stekos, in Greek, it means to stand firm and hold our ground. I'll be speaking a little bit more about that later on. In the meantime, again, you're tuned into the Parents of Prodigals podcast. And again, this podcast is all about praying and interceding for your prodigal son and daughter. Maybe you have a prayer request that you'd like to submit. Just key it in, and we will see it at the bottom of our screen live, and we'll bring it before the throne of grace. If you want to remain anonymous, if you don't want the details divulged, we will respect your privacy and your confidentiality. We will be as ambiguous as possible. God knows the details of what your needs and requests are. Later on in our podcast, we will be coming before the throne of grace and praying for several requests that we have received. Parents who have submitted requests for their prodigal sons and daughters, they're worried about them. They don't want them to enter a Christless eternity, whether it's through an untimely death. We see it many times in the news. Young people in the prime of health, athletic people, collapsing. Many times for no reason at all, their hearts giving out on them or for another reason which cannot be explained medically. It is appointed once unto men to die, but after this to judgment, the book of Hebrews says. But aside from death, the rapture, it could happen tonight. We pray that the Lord minister to our prodigals. We do not want our sons and daughters left behind to face this terrible time of judgment. We want all of our sons and daughters saved, sanctified, and filled with the Spirit of God, and their names be written in the book of life. And when we get raptured, I hope to look to my right and to my left and see my own son and daughter. That's what this podcast is about. Prayer, supplication, petition, and intercession for your prodigal, unsaved, and wayward son and daughter and mine. Before we proceed any further, I'd like you to join me in a word of prayer as we continue with this podcast. Please touch and agree with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you. We thank you. Those who are listening, thank you. Live and maybe perhaps through a later download. We thank you for this time together when we can encourage each other, speak to each other, Edify one another. Ironing, sharpening iron, Lord. This is a time of prayer for our unsaved sons and daughters. You are not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And that knowing, Lord, we just want to pray for the parents who are tuned in right now, that you encourage them, strengthen them, minister to them. Let this be a time of edification, refreshment. Many parents and guardians are anxious, worried about their unsaved sons and daughters. Let this be a time, Lord, again, I say, of refreshment and strengthening. Put burning coals on my lips so what I have to say speaks as an oracle 
from you, Lord God. We commit this time into your hands. And when we approach the time of intercession, petition, and supplication, Lord God, that you hear our prayers, honor them, strengthen our faith to trust you with our unsaved sons and daughters and not worry about them. They're in your hands. We commit all this into your hands, Lord God, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, I want to welcome numerous listeners from all over the country. We have listeners in New York. We welcome listeners in California and Colorado, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Idaho, and Georgia, Alabama and Maryland, Tennessee and Texas, Ohio, Utah. We welcome listeners in Wisconsin, West Virginia, New Jersey, Montana, Illinois, Minnesota, Louisiana, New Hampshire, Oregon, Washington State, Rhode Island, Indiana, South Carolina, Arizona, Michigan, Iowa, and New Mexico. We welcome you. If you're tuned in from those states, we welcome you. Internationally, we have listeners in Mexico and Canada, Australia, France, and Uganda, Brazil, the United Kingdom, Bosnia, Herzegovina, the Philippines, and again, most recently, we welcome India as a listenership. Those believers who are listening, if you're tuned in from India, we welcome you again to the parents of prodigals family. We pray all of you, both domestically and internationally, that you are edified and strengthened by this podcast. And it is a blessing to you. I want to get into tonight's devotional. And the title of tonight's devotional is Our Prodigals and Religious Tolerance. Yes, Our Prodigals and Religious Tolerance. And our scripture text is taken from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. And I will give you a moment to find that verse in your Bibles. Buddhism, Hinduism, Taoism, Islam, New Age, Wicca, Paganism, these and some other cults, such as Mormonism or Jehovah's Witnesses and others. I mentioned those first seven belief systems because those appear to be the mainstream philosophies that many, if not most of our young people, many of our prodigals especially, are tuning to or rather turning to, rather than the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I've stated many times during this podcast that a lot of our prodigals have turned to alternative religions and beliefs and turned away from the gospel, perhaps out of a negative experience or disillusionment with the church. Hypocrisy, perhaps, has turned them away, and they have seen or even rebelled against Christianity. Some Prodigal sons and daughters tuned to alternative belief systems out of nonconformity, purely out of rebellion and not conforming to any expectations from anyone. With that in mind, let's read our scripture text together. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version of God's Holy Word. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 says, Know now that the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Now you know it is a wonderful thing to live in this great country, 
where there is freedom to worship God as you choose. Many people choose not to worship God at all and are either atheists or agnostics, or maybe don't give God a second thought at all. This is true of many of our wayward, backslidden, and unsaved sons and daughters whom we are continuing to pray for. There are many people in many different countries that do not have such liberties as we have here. In some countries, only certain religions are tolerated and allowed, with the penalty of incarceration or death being the price to pay for nonconformity to the nation's national religion. The prevailing thought in this country with regards to religion is that it may not really matter what you believe and that all roads lead to God one way or another. This leads to the question as to whether or not the religious tolerance in our country may be blinding us to the fact that when it comes to eternity, it really does matter what you believe. Now, despite what the prevailing thought in this country is, and to many people, the question then is, does God believe in religious tolerance, and should we? Well, the definitive and unquestionable answer, which is 100% biblical and scriptural, is a resounding no. Although this may seem like a hard line, it is consistent with the holiness of our God and the stand we must take for the truth of the gospel. And although we love our prodigal sons and daughters, we cannot compromise with regards to this matter. And this can be explained in five simple principles. The first being that mankind has been deceived. Mankind has been deceived. Satan, the god of this world, has deceived the masses into turning to different beliefs and different philosophies for the purpose of keeping them away from the truth. We read in Romans chapter 1, verse 21, the word of God says, The people became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man. Also in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 through 4 says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own hearts, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. It would be safe to say that many of our prodigals have been deceived by our enemy for the sole purpose of having them enter a Christless eternity. Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14 says, And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. The devil, for the purpose of deceiving our wayward sons and daughters, will have any and every false belief appear innocent, beneficial, sensible, and satisfying. We need to pray that the Spirit of God open up the eyes of our prodigals to the truth of the gospel. The second fact is that Jesus is the only way to God. Jesus is the only way to God. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, 
the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Notice that Jesus did not say, I am a way. He said, I am the way. We praise God for that. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And you and I must continue to pray for our prodigals, that the Spirit of God not only open up their eyes to the error of whatever beliefs they are engaged in, but that their eyes are open to the truth of the gospel and brought to the point where they see Christ as the only way of salvation. The third point is, all other ways lead to destruction. All other ways lead to destruction. That is definite. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, Jesus declared, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go therein. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 5 says, I am the Lord, and there is no other, there is no God besides me. And even though it may be unpleasant for them to hear or to accept, we cannot sugarcoat or even compromise the fact that all of their beliefs, philosophies, and religions will result in their eternal damnation. There is no doubt that we may be labeled as being closed-minded and intolerant. There may also be uh, increased hostility against us. This is the enemy at work. We need to pray again that the Spirit of God move mightily in the hearts and minds and souls of our prodigal sons and daughters, that their hearts are softened and that their minds become opened. Our role is to be salt and light, as well as a city on a hill to them. The Holy Spirit will do the rest. Fact number four, God demands repentance. God demands repentance. Acts chapter 17, verse 30 says, But now God commands all men everywhere to repent. When God commands this, He's not being intolerant or being dominating. God does not want anyone to go to hell. God loves our prodigals and does not want them to enter a Christless eternity, but wants them to spend a glorious eternity with him. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. To repent means to acknowledge and admit that we have been on the wrong path of living, that we're sorry for our actions, for our thoughts and behaviors, to admit that we are sinners incapable of saving ourselves, and to completely and totally and uncompromisingly surrender our lives to Jesus Christ and trust Him and Him alone completely for our forgiveness and salvation. Sadly, many of our prodigal sons and daughters would rather follow a false teaching of self-empowerment, self-help, and live lives of self-indulgence. And for the life of them, they cannot see themselves admitting the error of their ways and surrendering control of their lives to God. Prayer, fasting, and rebuking the forces of darkness that are at work in the lives of our rebellious prodigals may be necessary to bring down the strongholds of the stubborn self-will that keeps our wayward sons and daughters from what is necessary to turn to the Lord. Fifth, the truth matters. The truth 
does matter. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25 says, There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Having the freedom to believe something does not make it true. There were many people on the Titanic that did not believe it would sink. They believed in the indestructibility of that ship. And this firm belief, no matter how strong, did not make it true. Every year, many people are killed by guns by people who pointed what they believe was an unloaded weapon at someone. Now, at this point, many of our prodigals will ask, what makes Christianity any different to believe in? Facts, such as fulfilled biblical prophecy and even archaeological discoveries, throw substantial weight to support the truth of the Bible. However, the one thing that stands out among all things is the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord's resurrection proves that He alone is God Almighty and has authority and power above all. Buddha's grave is said to be in India, in the city of Kashinagar. The grave of Muhammad is located in the city of Medina, Saudi Arabia. Confucius's grave is located in the Shandong province of China. These religious leaders and many more all died, and their bodies are still in the grave. But Christ's tomb is empty. There's never been an archaeological or historical quest to find the body of Jesus Christ. And that is because he is, as the Word of God says in Mark chapter 16, verse 19, he was received up into heaven, and he is sitting down at the right hand of God. So what is the truth about Jesus? Well, Jesus is God's one and only begotten Son who suffered and died for our sins and rose from the dead. John chapter 3, verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says, Christ also has once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. John chapter 10, verse 30 says, I and my Father... Are one. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says, He, Jesus Christ, is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And Colossians chapter 2 verse 9 says, For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Now what is the truth about our prodigals? Well, God's verdict of our wayward sons and daughters is not pretty. Without his salvation, they are, as Ephesians chapter 2, verses 5 and 12 says, dead in their sins and having no hope. However, their sins will be taken away and they will be forgiven and spend eternity in heaven if, as Romans chapter 4, verse 24 and 25 says, they believe on him that raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for their offenses and was raised again for their justification. Brothers and sisters, this time is short. Let us continue, as I said before, to pray, fast, and rebuke the forces of darkness that are deceiving not just our prodigal sons and daughters, but the world in general. The enemy has blinded the eyes of our prodigal sons and daughters into futile thinking and false beliefs. Let us continue to seek the Lord for their deliverance and salvation. No matter how deeply embedded they may be in their beliefs, and no matter how stubborn they may be in the resistance and hostility towards the gospel, 
continue to witness to them, continue to love them, and to believe and trust the Lord for their deliverance and salvation. Mark chapter 9, verse 23 says in conclusion, Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. I praise and thank God for that devotional, which the Lord laid upon my heart to share with you. You know, I mentioned many times that when Christ called the disciples, many of them just got up and left. No argument, no debate, no hesitation. Matthew got up from his tax collector's booth instantly and followed Jesus. The fishermen, the word of God says that they immediately left their nets and followed the Lord. However, someone like Paul, a persecutor of believers, a murderer, an insider of mobs that tortured and killed Christians, was brought to his knees. He had a Damascus Road experience. The Spirit of God knocked him down and blinded him. And when Paul asked who was the person who was afflicting him, Spirit of God says, it is Jesus Christ. It is I, Jesus Christ. And the Spirit of God told Paul that it was difficult for him to resist the calling of the Spirit. And that's what it may take to bring your prodigal in mind to the foot of the cross. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the Spirit of God just touched him and they immediately followed our Lord? But that may not be the case. Your prodigals and mine may have a stubborn self-will. We need to trust God with the timing. We may be waiting and praying. Perhaps maybe the enemy is telling us that your prodigal is too hard a nut to crack. Somebody else can be saved, but not your child. Give up on them. They're in bondage. There's a stronghold that's keeping them from surrendering to Christ. And you and I perhaps maybe come to a point sometimes where we are getting discouraged and wondering if God is even listening or can he answer the prayer. Those are lies from the enemy to get you to stop praying and fasting. Continue to pray and to fast. Trust God with your prodigal. Trust him with the timing and trust him with the method and the process. It will happen. We just need to trust, pray, believe and commit all things no matter how difficult it may be into his hands the lord can break the strongholds of false religions and false beliefs he can make them disillusioned with those beliefs and have them turn to the truth of the gospel at this time we're going to break into a musical interlude we've reached a halfway point of the parents of prodigals podcast and so we're going to break into a musical number, which I pray is an encouragement and a blessing to you. And then we'll return with the second half of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. And then we'll enter a period of time when we bring before the Lord, the throne of grace, the prayer requests which we have received. So be blessed, be refreshed by this musical number. And we shall return again with the second half of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. Stay tuned.
Praise God for that wonderful medley. It was a medley of several different Christian hymns, and I pray that each one of those hymns, with its own particular theme and title, met the individual needs of anyone who's listening to this podcast right now, either live or through a download. You know, I mentioned the various municipalities in the different countries where people are listening, and Due to time constraints or responsibilities, many people may not be able to listen at the 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time hour. Maybe you're working, or maybe there's a time difference of several hours. I understand that it may be 7.43 p.m. here, but at 7.43 a.m., I believe, in the Philippines. So many people may end up listening to this podcast, even though they're small in number listening live, they're numerous people who download this podcast. The Spirit of God can move as mightily in a downloaded podcast as he can through a live listenership. There are no restraints or constraints with the Spirit of God. And that being said, we just want to encourage you to continue to listen and continue to pray for your prodigal son and daughter. Before we enter our time of prayer, 
I'd like to read a scripture. I'll be reading Psalm number three, Psalm number three, and I'll be reading from the New Living Translation of the Holy Scriptures. The theme of this psalm is confidently trusting God for protection, guidance, and peace. It's a psalm authored by David. And he wrote this psalm as he was fleeing from his son Absalom, on the run and discouraged. Let's read. Psalm number three. O Lord, I have so many enemies. So many are against me. So many are saying God will never rescue him. But you, O Lord, are a shield around me. You are my glory, the one who holds my head high. I cried out to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy mountain. I lay down and slept, and yet I awoke up in safety, for the Lord was watching over me. I am not afraid of 10,000 enemies who surround me on every side. Arise, O Lord, rescue me, my God. Slap all my enemies in the face, shatter the teeth of the wicked. Victory comes from you, O Lord. May you bless your people. Wow. What an encouraging word in Psalm number three, that victory comes from the Lord. We can lay down and sleep in peace, free from anxiety. I need to hear this myself. There are many times, and just because I'm presiding over this podcast does not mean I'm immune to not getting discouraged. Many times I will go to bed at night with thoughts weighing me down of my unsaved daughter and other matters. We can lay down and sleep in peace if we commit everything to the Lord, because victory will come from him. Victory is from him. And we can be at peace. We can have the peace that passes all understanding if we completely trust and have complete confidence that everything is under God's control. He has all things in hand. I praise God for that. Sometimes I forget it. And sometimes I let my emotions and feelings and situations get the best of me. But I praise God for many times when the Spirit of God and my wife is a helpmeet and an encouragement to me as well. And she refocuses me back into placing my full confidence on the Lord. God knows all things. We just need to trust him. And now let's enter into our time of prayer and supplication. There's still time to get your prayer request in. Type it in, and we will see it on the Podbeam app screen. I'm looking at it right now if you'd like to chime in with a request. Maybe something that's burdening you. Let's go before the throne of grace. Our first request, which we're going to bring before the Lord, and we prayed this last week, was a new request, and it concerns a young man by the name of Rashan, I believe his name is, Rashan. And this young man is described by loved ones as being disillusioned, doesn't believe in God. He was a Christian at one time. It says he accepted Christ and he was serving the Lord. But due to different philosophies, as we mentioned earlier, different beliefs and philosophies that he learned 
or was looking into have influenced him. The enemy has used different philosophies and belief systems to lure this young man away. He was into several other things. And so the loved ones of Rashan are praying for his deliverance and salvation. And so let's go before the throne of grace and pray for Rashan. Heavenly Father, your word says that in the last days, people will be deceived by doctrines of devils. And we just lift up Rashan to you right now. You see that he had committed his life to you. And Lord, we don't know what kind of soil your word fell in, Lord God. You know the heart, you know the mind, you know the intent of the will, Lord God. He surrendered his life to you. But now the enemy has brought in different temptations, different beliefs, distractions that have lured Rashan away. Lord, time is short and death can come at any time and the rapture could take place imminently. I believe it is. Lord, let Rashan's name be written in the book of life. Restore him back unto the fold. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We pray for Rashan right now that, that you touch his heart and speak to him. Let him see that he has strayed away, that he needs to return back to the Lord Jesus Christ, back to the Savior, back to the true shepherd. All other beliefs, all other religious leaders are hirelings. They have no interest, no personal care for the soul. Lord Jesus, you are the true and good shepherd. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You came that we may have life and have it abundantly. You came that Rashan may have life and have life abundantly. Give Rashan this life, Lord God. Restore him. Tear down any strongholds that distract him from coming back to the faith. Renew him and refresh him, Lord God. We rebuke any distractions and any lies of the enemy. We commit him into your hands. We trust you with Rashan, And we pray for his loved ones that you help them to stay encouraged and persevere in prayer and not lose heart. We commit Rashan into your hands. We trust you with him, Lord God. He's in the best possible hands. And as the Psalm says, Lord God, we can lay down and sleep in peace, Lord God because you watch over us. Help Rashan's loved ones, his parents, his family, those who are concerned and praying for him to lay down and sleep in peace. Rashan is in your hands. You're working now, Lord God. We praise you and thank you in Jesus' name for hearing and answering this prayer even now. Amen. Every week we pray for two young men, both by the name of Joshua. Uh, one of these young men named Joshua well, both of them actually were struggling with substance abuse addictions. One Joshua accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior, but the enemy is indeed working overtime, launching a counterattack to try to lure him back. Maybe through discouragement or maybe through temptations to return to old ways. The other Joshua, I believe, is still struggling with substance abuse. But of course, I will respect confidentiality and privacy. There has been some progress there is movement 
The Lord is moving in a mighty way in this man's life. And there are some developments, positive developments, which I will not mention on the air, but I am aware of. But I can tell you right now, the Lord is working in this young man's life. So let's come before the throne of grace in petition as well as gratitude. Father, we just lift up Joshua, the first Joshua, Lord, the one who surrendered his life to you and to your hands. And you see, Lord, that he was a prisoner of addiction, the demonic stronghold of drug addiction. And Lord, you wrote his name in the book of life, convicted him of his sin. Lord, and brought him to the point where he surrendered his life to you. And now, Lord God, we pray for Joshua. We pray that you keep him, Lord God, that you strengthen him. Don't let him out of your sight. Don't let him out of your grip, Lord God. Don't allow the enemy to distract him, destroy him, lure him away. When whispers come into his ear to turn away, it's no good. It's a waste of time. It works for others, but not for you. Lord God, silence these voices. Be silent, we say to these demonic voices. We pray that the Holy Spirit strengthen Joshua, encouraging him and helping him to stand firm in the faith. We pray for this other Joshua, Lord. We know that you're moving in his life, Lord God. And there have been some recent developments. We thank you, Lord God, that you're moving in your own way, in your own time. Be it far from us to tell you what to do. We'd like to tell you what to do in our own stubborn self-will, but you know what is best. You have the perfect timing and the perfect method. Help us to trust in the perfect process, to trust in you, the perfect God, who has the perfect answer for every problem. We commit Joshua into your hands. Help him to deal with this addiction, Lord God. Deliver him. We pray for deliverance, Lord God. Deliverance from this addiction. Lord, you answer prayer. Maybe sometimes a person needs to enter a program, Lord. Bring him to a program which will address his addiction needs. Strengthen his, his resolve to turn from drugs. Convict him of his sin, Lord God. Touch him through the power of your spirit, Heavenly Father. We commit Joshua into your hands. His eternity is at stake, Lord God. We commit him to you, Lord, and we thank you and we praise you for what you've been doing so far and what you're continuing to do and what we know you will do. In Jesus' name, amen. Every week we pray for three young ladies, and we're going to continue to pray for them. Three young ladies by the name of Gabby, Angela and Valentina. It's my understanding all three of these young ladies that live in different parts of the country, I believe are perhaps near the same age range, maybe mid-late teens and early 20s, I believe. But they're all struggling with different issues such as low self-esteem, maybe guilt or depression, or maybe just feeling down or emotional issues. Maybe addiction issues. Lord, the Lord knows what these issues are. And the parents of these three young ladies are weighed down with concern for them. Well, let's lift up and pray for these three young ladies as we do every single week. And here we go again. We're going to do it again. Come before the throne of grace for Gabby, Angela, and Valentina. Touch and agree with me for these three young ladies. Father, we thank you for these three young ladies, Lord God. They're souls, and they are important to you, Heavenly Father. 
Now, your word says that the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And we know that word fool means more than just a person who makes poor decisions. That's someone who ignores God. And Lord, Gabby, Angela, and Valentina may be ignoring you, Lord God, wanting to live their own lives and do their own thing. Lord, you see what they're struggling with, emotional issues, mental health issues, addiction issues, whatever it is, Lord. These are all strongholds, and we cast them down. In the name of Jesus, we cast down these strongholds. and We claim deliverance for these three young ladies, Lord. We continuously knock on the door, the same way the woman knocked on the door of the unjust judge for satisfaction. Lord, we touch and agree right now, continuously knocking on the door, persevering in prayer, lifting them three up. Gabby, Angela, and Valentina, deliver them from whatever is holding them in bondage. Convict them of their sin. Do what needs to be done in each of their individual lives. Speak to each one of them, Lord God, in your own way and in your own time. It may be through a Christian song, a family member who witnesses to them, a friend who witnesses to them. Maybe it's a gospel tract that somebody will give them, or a Christian song. Or maybe, Lord God, it'll be a supernatural a supernatural act. You'll speak to them through the watches of the night. Or maybe, Lord God, you may do what needs to be done like you did with Paul. Whatever it is, Lord God, do what's necessary to bring Gabby, Angela, and Valentina to the foot of the cross. Their eternal souls are at stake. We don't want them to end up in a Christless eternity. Their loved ones don't want it either. So do what's necessary, Lord God, to convict them of their sin and to bring them to the point where they say, we need you, Lord Jesus, in our lives. We surrender our lives to you. Deliver and save these three young ladies and make them the women of God that you can do it, Lord God. We commit them into your hands and we praise you and thank you. The answer is even now in the works. We may not see it. We may not feel it. But we trust that it's there. It's moving. In Jesus' name, amen. Every week we pray for our dear sister, China. China is the daughter of my dear brother, Jamie, and his wife, Sister India. And China was at one point in time in bondage. But the Lord freed her from the stronghold she was in bondage to and brought her to the foot of the cross. And every week we pray for China, her perseverance in the faith, her strengthening spiritually. Let's touch and agree for China right now. Lord, we thank you so much for praying parents that you've answered the prayer of these parents and you saved China's soul. She's your daughter right now, Lord God. Her name is written in the book of life. She'll be raptured when the rapture takes place and she'll be with all of us in glory. We thank you and we praise you for doing the work, Lord God. Nothing, nothing was impossible for you to do. The hardened heart was softened. The closed mind was opened. The closed ears were opened as well. And the stuffed up ears were opened also to hear the truth. We thank you and we praise you for her salvation. And now we pray that you continue to strengthen her, Lord God. Don't let China get discouraged. Holy Spirit, encourage her heart. Strengthen her. Bless her. Give her a hunger for your word. 
Give her a strong, intimate relationship with you, Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, your word in Psalm 31, verse 24 says, Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. Help China to be strong and let her heart take courage as she trusts you with her life, Lord God. Give her a strong sense of your presence. Comfort her and encourage her. Let her know you're there right by her side, Lord God. And when she's alone and the enemy may whisper in her ear, cast away those voices. And let the voice of the Holy Spirit prevail. There's no reason to fear. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Let this be true for China, Lord God. It is true for her. Help China to persevere in the faith, to meditate on your word. As the book of Joshua says in chapter 1, verse 8, don't let the word depart from her mouth, but help China to meditate on your word day and night. Reading your word, praying your word, trusting in your word. We commit China into your hands. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a dear sister that's listening to our podcast right now, and her son, Johnny, is struggling with an addiction. But no chain is too hard for God to break. And we thank God for praying moms. So let's touch and agree with this praying mom for her son, Johnny, for his deliverance and salvation. Heavenly Father, we lift up Johnny before you, Lord God. You see the praying mother who's lifting her son up in prayer every day and every night, Lord God. Bless this mom. Encourage her. Give her peace. She has peace. She has the peace that passes all understanding. Now, Lord God, help her to live in this peace. As the evening draws later, as she goes to sleep tonight, help her to be at peace, completely trusting you with her son. And we pray for Johnny right now. Lord, you see where this young man is, what he's doing, who he's hanging out with, and what the issues are. We pray that you touch Johnny's heart. We even pray, Lord God, that you touch his heart to come to church, and that he come to hear the word of God get ministered. We pray that you convict Johnny of his sins. Speak to him, Lord God, and let him know that you are Lord. You are not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Make your love for him real in his life. You love him more than anyone in the world, Lord God. You are a friend that sticks closer than a brother. We commit Johnny into your hands. We commit his deliverance and salvation into your hands, Lord. Thank you for delivering Johnny. Thank you for saving him. Thank you for blessing him and turning him into a man of God. And yes, Lord, we'll go out on a limb right now. I pray right now that you lay it upon Johnny's heart to come to a church service, Lord God, and to hear the word get ministered and let your word fall on good ground 
bearing fruit. We thank you and we praise you for Johnny's deliverance and salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Our last request comes in. We've prayed this for this young man every week. I'm going to read this request as I've read it many times. A parent calls in and says, please pray for my son, Caleb. He's in the Navy, and he's discouraged and disappointed with his life. He said that nothing else, nothing ever works out for him. Now, this young man, Caleb, has a wife, and they have a young daughter. At the time of this request, about several months ago, the child was eight months old, a little girl. The request says that Caleb says he doesn't believe in God anymore, that God is real, that God is a fable. And the parent who called in this request says that their heart is heavy for their son, Caleb. Well, let's touch and agree right now for this family, that the Lord restore them all, that the Lord renew Caleb's faith and save him. Touch and agree right now with me. Lord God, your word says that the heavens proclaim your glory and the skies your craftsmanship. You are all powerful, almighty, Lord God. Nothing is beyond your ability to do. Now you see the situation with Caleb, Heavenly Father. The enemy is deceiving him into doubting your existence, doubting your love, doubting your ability to help him. We rebuke those thoughts right now in the name of Jesus, and we pray for Caleb right now, Lord God. We pray that you restore him back to the faith. Give him a renewed sense of faith, Lord God. Speak to him, Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, you love him. You don't want to see him in hell. You don't want to see him in eternity without you. We just pray for Caleb right now that you restore him back into the family of God. Where he's lost hope, renew his hope. You are the source of all hope, Lord God. Nothing else satisfies more than you, Lord Jesus. If he's looking for satisfaction in other things and other places, Lord God, give him a distaste for these things. Give him a hunger for you. Your word says that the deer pants for water. So does my soul pant for you, Lord God. Give Caleb this thirst in a dry and parched world. Give him a thirst to return to you, Lord God. Let him find nothing but dissatisfaction in anything else he's turning to, Lord God. If he's discouraged, encourage him. If he's feeling depressed and down, Lord, lift up his head as we've read in the psalm. You're the lifter of our heads, the source of all our encouragement. Lift Johnny's head in encouragement when the waters of discouragement are going to drown him. Lift up his head above the waters. Return him back, Lord God. Make him your son, your child again. Bless his marriage. Bless his family. Bless his child, Lord God, as he serves our country. But more than that, Lord God, make him a man of God so that he serves you. Lord, your word says, in Psalm 7, verse 9, that you look deep within the heart and mind, Lord. Look within Caleb's heart and mind. See what he's thinking. Heal him. Heal any hurt. Heal any emotional pain. And most of all, bring spiritual healing. Wash him in your blood, Lord Jesus. Bless him 
his child, his wife, his marriage, his household. Bless his mother who is praying for him. Lord God, give her the peace that passes all understanding. Help her so that she doesn't have a heavy heart, Lord God. The request says that her heart is heavy. Lord, when you looked at Jerusalem, Lord Jesus, it says that you wept. And as a parent, I know what it's like to weep for a child that's wayward. I know this parent is weeping for Caleb because her heart is heavy. Comfort her. Lift up her head as well, Lord God. Do a work in Caleb, Lord, and in his family. We commit him into your hands in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've come to the conclusion of this week's edition of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. And rest assured that these requests are not just brought before the Lord once a week, but we bring them before the Lord during the week as well, regularly and consistently, in perseverance and prayer. And of course, you can submit your prayer requests during the week as well. If you go on the Podbean website, there is a tab that says prayer requests, and we will receive it and bring it before the throne of grace during the week. And then when the time of our podcast comes on again, we'll bring it before the Lord again on the air. Your prayer requests can be anonymous. We will respect your privacy and confidentiality. But do feel free to send in your prayer requests. If you have a burden for an unsaved son and daughter, for their salvation, for their deliverance, for their soul, send it in. We will touch and agree with you. And so until next Thursday, August 31st at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, if you're the parent of an unsaved son and daughter and your heart is weighed down for their deliverance and salvation and you live in New York, North Carolina, Massachusetts, or Connecticut, or Idaho, if you're the parent of a wayward backslidden or unsaved son and daughter, whether it's a teen or an adult. You live in Ohio, Utah, Wisconsin, West Virginia, Montana, Alabama or Maryland or Tennessee. If you're the parent or guardian of an unsaved or backslidden and wayward son or daughter who's in bondage to a stronghold and you're burdened for their salvation and it weighs you down, to see them suffering without Christ. And you live in Illinois, Minnesota, Louisiana, Oregon, New Hampshire, Rhode Island and Indiana or South Carolina, Michigan, Iowa, or New Mexico. If you're the parent of an unsaved son or daughter and you're burdened for the deliverance and salvation of their souls and you want their names written in the book of life and you live in Mexico, Canada, the United Kingdom, the Philippines, Brazil, France, Bosnia-Herzegovina, Australia, and India. No matter where you are, in the United States or overseas, if you are the parent of an unsaved son and daughter and you want their names written in the Book of Life, Continue in prayer, being watchful therein. And watch the road. Watch the road. Your prodigal will be on it.
Until next Thursday, August 24th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. God bless you, and good night.